faith of our fathers. That phrase in there, dungeon, fire, and the sword. There is a documentary that y'all could probably look up. I know you can find it on YouTube. I think it's entitled A Lamp, A Lamp in the Darkness, The Untold History of the Bible. It's about nearly three hours in length, uh, over two hours and something, but it tells the story of the, the seed of the Word of God, how we come to have what we have as the revelation of God today, and the, the battle and the fight and the deaths that people went through for you and I to have a copy of the Word of God. Amen. So I think it would be uh, something uh, good for, for each of us to look at. It's called A Lamp in the Darkness, The Untold History of the Bible, of how the Bible came to be, of what we have, and the struggle that it took, the lives that were lost. I don't know if anybody's ever seen any kind of documentary like that or anything, how the Bible came to be and how it was translated uh, from uh, the original languages through history and how for many years they tried to suppress it and wouldn't let it be translated into English so they couldn't let the common people get a, a copy of the Word and they kept that uh, suppressed. They didn't want everybody to know what the Bible said and that's just what the enemy has done for so many years. Today we, we see the uh, we're eating the fruit of their labors. And, uh, but the seed that was planted throughout history to get to the point where we get to eat of that fruit is something that would be very beneficial for us all to, to take a peek at and look to recognize, man, the things that people sacrificed, the lives that they gave up, the families that were lost, the people that were burned and burned at the stake and killed and hunted down because they took a copy of a of, of, of the word and translated it over into a common language that everybody could understand what it meant and how uh, the people, the leaders in that day went after them uh, because of what they did to put the Bible, the word of the living God in the hands of people so that they could hide it in their heart. That's just what the enemy has done through the years. So God has preserved his word. And uh, we, we get to see the blessings of it. Amen? And as we as fathers and as servants and as disciples of Jesus, it's our obligation to ensure that these little ones get to know uh, not only the, the one who gave his life for us, but the one for whom this word unveils to us. This is an unveiling of God himself that he gave us to us so that we can know him. And we can know him intimately and personally and that we can make him known. And so we want to do that. We want to do that with passion. And we want to do it with a, a great sense of respect and honor and humility before the Lord. And we're going to do it today. We're going to get in the word and prayerfully the Lord help us with it. We'll teach it. So turn to the gospel of Matthew. The gospel of Matthew. There's just a, a couple of things I want to share with you today out of some of the readings that we've been going through. We're up to Matthew 16, but if you would just start in chapter number 13, we'll start there and kind of just make our way. We're going to just highlight a few things that I believe will be important for us as servants to pass on, to teach, 
Of course, this week coming up with our vacation Bible school, we're talking about light and how we are the light of the world as the disciples of Jesus. And that light only comes through Him and by Him, for He is the light of the world and we being in Him become lights to the world, lights for salvation. And we, we just want to do that with a sense of a zeal and honor that we get to share truth in the lives of these little ones and that God would help us with it. Amen? Amen. That He would and He would teach us and guide us. Everything starts with a seed, and this is what the Bible, the Bible refers to itself as a seed. It is the seed of the living Word. It's the seed of the gospel, and that seed must be planted. And we see that in these first few parables that we find in Matthew 13. If y'all remember just a couple things about it, what do we have? We have a good sower that sowed good seed, and he sowed good seed in what? Good soil and good ground. A good sower with good seed in a good ground. And when the sower sows good seed and good ground, he anticipates and expects a return, a harvest. Just knowing the, the process of what he's going to do, that all his in, attention and the intention of that seed was to be put in good ground. When he broadcast it, it's going to go to the wayside. Some's going to go among the thorns. Some's going to mow among the rocks. But he didn't anticipate that to grow. He only prepared a certain lot of ground so that that seed could be planted in that. So that's the intentional investment and labor of the good sower to plant good seed and good ground. And thankfully, that by the work of God and His Spirit and the uh, work of His grace in granting us repentance and godly sorrow that leadeth us to repentance and planting that good seed, He done a work in our heart that our hearts could be that type of soil that can receive the Word of God. And to Him be the glory for that. We can't help but praise Him for it. We take seed, and it's important for us as parents and fathers. I got some seed in here. Anybody know what kind of seed this might be? Still got a little husk on it. Look at this seed. Some of the husk has come off. See this green seed in there? Something that we need to help see or help others recognize along with ourselves. Now I'm going to try, I'm going to eat one of these seeds. Y'all bear with me. I'm not going to swallow this seed though. I don't want no apple to grow in my belly. It's not bad. Kind of remind you of a sunflower seed a little bit. But it sure don't taste like this. You know what we've got to realize? Seed rarely ever tastes like its fruit. Come on. We often see the fruit. We're to look for fruit. Jesus said look for fruit. You'll know them by their what? Fruit. By their fruits. We're to look for fruit. Good trees don't produce Bad fruit. And bad fruit doesn't produce good fruit. But fruit, even good fruit, like this apple, which it is pretty good. This apple is good fruit. 
This apple started with a good seed. Just one of those, all it takes is one of these seeds to germinate, to break open, to produce this apple. We get to the core of this apple, these same seeds that was in another apple came out, but seeds rarely ever taste like the fruit. We have to be cautious of that. Why? Because we're often looking at the fruit on other people's lives, but we don't recognize the seed that it took to get to that fruit. And as dads, we've got to teach our young fathers, young men, like Brandon and Lucas and Briggs and even myself, that the fruit that we see in these men's lives, like Keith and Greg, the fruit we see in their lives took years of planting seed. Like Brother Shannon. Brother Shannon, are you 71 or 72 now? Sure. 72. You've been serving the kingdom of God for how many years now? Not as much as I wish. Not as long as you wish. You come in later. I come in late, but I'm, but I'm here. Glad you're here. Amen. God's still working on you. Keith, God's still working on you. Keith remembers in vacation Bible school when he watched the seed be planted and it sprouted into a harvest. Josh, as young men, we, when we look at people's lives and their relationships with their wives, their relationships with their children, the resources that they have, the, the things that have been established, we often can look and pay more attention to the fruit on their life and how good the fruit looks and we then evaluate our life and say, man, our life is not looking as, as that good fruit that they have. But you've got to remember, they've gone through those seasons where they had to plant, where they had to break up ground, where they had to put seed in the ground. And that periodically over years have accumulated to the fruit where they are. Because if not careful, you know, our, our, this young generation today, they look at people who've been established in a relationship for for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, and they want everything they have that they have in five, in five years that it took them 50 years to get. Are you with me? So we learn that, that, hey, they've gone through some seasons in their life. They've gone through some, some heartaches. They've gone through some hardships. They've gone through some hard things. The winds have blown against those apple trees, and it's, and it's made them strong and stable and they they dealt with the cold brisk air they dealt with the snow they dealt with the heat of summer they dealt with a season of droughts and they've dealt with all that they've absorbed good wet seasons but all that was accumulated that's what good apples are made out of Amen. they didn't have to go through the strenuous test of everyday life and years they, they wouldn't produce good apples but a seed had to be planted, and that seed had to go through a period of years to produce a good harvest. Yeah. And that's what we see in, in kingdom life, very similar, that we've got to know where seeds started. For an example, let's just take the, the, the rainbow. Amen. Where's the seed of this bow? Where, where did that seed start? Where, where did the rainbow come about? Where did it start? After the flood, remember the fall of man, man's heart was desperately wicked. Every intention of their heart was for themselves. As a result, what did God do? 
Y'all don't mind me eating this thing, huh? No. All right. What, what happened? God flooded the world. Go to Genesis 9 real quick. Eight people, eight souls were saved. Genesis 9. Let's go back and take a look at this. Remember, these are seeds. When you look at this rainbow in here, or you see rainbows today, we see the fruit, but we want to go back to the root, to the seed of it. Why? Because why is it important to know the root of a thing, the seed of it, as well as the result of it? Because if we don't know the root of it, if we're not careful, we can take upon traditions that are not rooted in God. Remember, Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter number 15. Remember when he talked about the traditions of the Pharisees? How they had traditions and they had nullified the truth for their traditions in life? Now, what we want to be doing as dads and as mothers, as, as disciples, we want to help people trade bad traditions for truth. Because not every tradition is bad if it's rooted in and the result of a truth. And all God's people said. But I need to understand some seeds. See, we live in a society today when some people see a rainbow, they think that belongs to the homosexual community. That's what they, that's, they, they've laid claim on it, that a rainbow is representative of them. Like for an example, they say what? June is Pride Month. And everything you see is rainbows that represent Pride Month. I want to tell you, that rainbow doesn't represent Pride Month. It does represent pride, and it does represent rebellion, but it has nothing to do with a Pride Month. Come on. Let's look what I'm talking about. Look in Genesis chapter 9. After the flood, God began to do something. And he says in verse number 8, Then God spoke to Noah and to his son, saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth, with you and all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to what? Destroy. It didn't say there wouldn't be a flood. There just wouldn't be a flood that would destroy all the earth and every living creature on it. There's still floods, and there's still floods that kill, but not a worldwide catastrophic flood to destroy every living creature. God made a promise. That he would not do that. Verse number 12 says, and God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for a perpetual generation. So that means it's going to last all the way to us and then beyond. As long as there's a heaven and the earth, as long as there's a sun and the moon and the stars, as long as it rains, this will always be a sign between God and every living creature. Verse number 13 says, I set my bow, my rainbow, in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me, God, and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And God says, 
I will remember, I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud and I, God, will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I will establish between me and all flesh that is on the earth. So here's the seed, the root to the, to the rainbow, is that God says it is one for remembrance for me. Every time I see it, it'll be a reminder for me that I've made a promise that I would never destroy the earth with the waters of a flood. So it, the rainbow is a reminder for God, but it's a twofold promise for us. What's the twofold promise? Number one, God will always judge pride and rebellion. He will always judge pride and rebellion because this is a product of it. This is what this all came about. But he promises, no matter how colorful it may be, no matter what kind of bend it may have, God says, I will always judge sin and rebellion. No matter its color, no matter its bend. Hey, girl. No matter what. Y'all remember that. No matter how colorful, no matter its bend, God will always judge rebellion, pride, and sin. But he makes a promise he'll never use water to do it again. But we've learned from other places there are two things God's going to deal with and judge, pride, rebellion, and sin. Number one, blood. Number two, fire. God is either going to deal with pride, sin, and rebellion through blood or through fire. Either the blood of His Son or through the fires of His wrath. You see, the fires of God's wrath and judgment... His wrath and judgment fell on His Son so that the blood of His Son could cleanse us so that we'll never have to face the fires of His wrath and judgment. But if you're not covered under the blood, you can only anticipate, and this world can only anticipate, the fires of God's wrath and judgment. And that's what that rainbow represents to us. It's a reminder for God, but it's a twofold promise for us. And this is the seedbed of it. That God is going to deal with pride, rebellion, and sin. No matter how it's bent and whatever direction it goes, no matter how colorful or how gray or bland it may be, God is always going to deal with sin. That's the picture of the judgment that fell on the world. But he made a promise that he would never use water again to do it. But he did not promise he wasn't going to destroy the earth. Matter of fact, the scriptures teach us that God's going to destroy both the heavens and the earth and only that which is covered under the blood of his son because his son took the judgment and his wrath for pride, for rebellion and for sin on our behalf. But those that don't welcome and receive and acknowledge the son will have to face only the wrath of God's judgment and the fires that are to come. So this is the seed that we're looking at. 
And we want to be able to teach our kids that, look, when we look at this, we, we see in the fruit of it, but where, where's the seed? Where did it start at? And we want to go back and look at what God established as a tradition, a reminder for him and a twofold promise for us. And I want to tell you, when we see the fruit and understand where the seed come from, the, the, the fruit's even better. Amen. Amen. Good. I know it's not proper to talk and eat at the same time. But fruit's good eating. Amen. Amen. What's another picture that we see that we need to teach? That we need to see a, a root to. Go back to Matthew. So we don't have to let people hijack the good seed and fruit of God. Amen? Amen. We understand its beginnings. That's why he says, look in Matthew chapter 15. Well, let's look in 14. Look in 14 before we go to 15. Look in verse number 13. Y'all remember this. The multitudes had been with Jesus for a period of time. It was getting late, and the disciples recommended sending them on so that they can go and get a little bit to eat. And in verse 15, when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, now Here's something for us, men. They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. We've got to be careful not to say that God doesn't use other people in our lives, because He does, to help feed His people. But there's a big tendency in our day that instead of uh, us stepping in and doing what we need to do, we have a tendency to pass in the buck on to somebody else. For an example, a lot of times Daddy will say, well, I need to send them down and let Brother Nick talk with them. I need to send them down and let Sister uh, Sally talk with them. I need to send them over to Joe Schmuckatelli and he's going to help them out. And what did Jesus say? They don't need to go anywhere. You got something. Yeah, come on. If you got me, you got something to give them. Amen. Amen. If, you, if you're walking with me, it doesn't take much. Just use what you got. Just use what you got. And you got something to give them. There's no need to send them down the road. There's no need to send them home. There's no need to send them anywhere else. Hey, Jesus said, what do you have? They said, all we got is what? We got two fish and five loaves. And Jesus said, what? Bring it to me. What did Jesus do with it? He blessed it. Then he did what? Then he broke it. Then he did what? Then he shared it. And he multiplied it. We know the principle. Look, if you got something usable, just give it to Jesus. Amen. What is he going to do with it? Let him bless it. Yeah. Let him break it. Let him share it. Let him multiply it. It doesn't take a whole lot, Briggs. Just give it to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Whatever it is, if it's edible, usable, just give it to him. Just give it to him. And let him take it and let him use it for his glory. That's an important principle for me when it comes to me loving and leading my wife, leading my girls, leading these, these grandbabies that we have. Look, I'm going to glean from Danny and I'm going to glean from Briggs and Brother Shannon and Miss Pat and Janet and Kate and Josh and Briggs and Sandy and Davin and Mama Rob. I'm glad that I can borrow from others. 
Because that's what these disciples did. They borrowed bread, right? This is something that we got to help our, our, our young men and women out with is that the scripture says, Jeremiah 10, 23 says this, that it's not in a man to even understand his own way. It's not in a man to understand his own way. None of us get to where we are by ourselves. Amen. None of us walk to the beat of our own drum. Amen. We're all being influenced by somebody or something. The key is whatever we borrowing from others, what do we want to do with it? We want to give it to who? want to give it to Jesus yeah. and let Jesus bless what we borrowed let Jesus break what we borrowed let Jesus share what we borrowed and let him multiply what we borrowed why everybody walks away full come on everybody walks away with something that they've been eating on amen amen this is a seed that we want to teach them how we get to this place of good fruit what's another passage let's look look if we would Go over to chapter number 15. Dealing with these ideas of the Pharisees. Remember what Jesus said? Look in verse number 13. But he answered and said, Every plant which the heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. You let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will what? Fall in the ditch. When we focus our efforts and our attention on fixing the group, we inevitably fail the groupie, those that are following the group. We won't win them. The group and their agenda is not ours to fix. Amen. We're not out to fix the homosexual agenda. We're not out to fix the political agendas of our day. We're not out to fix those who have anti this and anti that that is not our calling that is not what we have been set apart to do the scripture says whatever God has not planted will be uprooted and if I put my attention on the group like the Pharisees or the scribes or whoever else it is I'm going to miss those that are in it the individuals that are in it because my attention is on the group but not on the people who are walking within that group that God's given me light to shed upon. Amen? Amen. If I'm not careful, we want, to, we want to help one another with this. Because it's easy in our modern day with all that's going on in the, in the social media world, in the news, and the way news flies today. If you just listen to everything that is happening, it's going to manipulate you and pull you and push you and tear you. And you're going to get agitated and aggravated and angry and frustrated. You're going to fret. You're going to worry. And it's going to be, I don't like this going on. I don't like that going on. And you're going to focus in on the darkness, but you're not going to bring any light to the darkness. And darkness does not deliver from darkness. It takes light to deliver from darkness. And if you're focusing on the darkness of the group, you'll never bring light to those who are following the group that you're, that you're so upset with. Are you with me? Amen. And this is what he was teaching them here. The blind will lead the blind. They're both going to fall in the ditch, but you won't have any effect on them if you keep focusing on them. You have a mission and an assignment. And what is that assignment? That is to reach them individually. One-on-one, yeah. -on -one, little by little, day by day. You're already going in life. You're already going to the market. You're already going uh, to recreation. You're already going on vacations. You're already going to work. It's in your going. You go make disciples of all these hostile, rebellious folks out there. And as you go, you go make disciples for me. 
and you don't worry about where that group's going or how that group's doing or what that group's going to do. If you're focusing on them, all you're doing is sharing their darkness. Yeah. Go, go give them my light. Amen? Amen? Go ahead and love on them and lead them to me. Show them who I am. You are the light of the world. Isn't that the theme of our VBS this week? Yeah, amen. He is the light, and in him we are the light, and we are for salvation, but darkness never, ever has an effect upon darkness. Light has an effect upon darkness. So I want to be light. And to be light's got to be of the truth. And it's only the truth that is going to set men free from their darkness. Amen? Amen. Only the truth's going to set them free. He goes in. You look in chapter number 15 and 16. You get into chapter 16. And what do we find here? Jesus is teaching them, look, if you ever come across anybody that wants to follow after me, let him. Don't get in his way. Don't do as Peter did with me and tried to get me off course. Tried to tell me, no, you don't have to go through all that stuff. You don't have to go through the hardship. You don't have to go through the pain and the sorrow. He said in verse 24, if anyone desires to come after me, don't get in his way. Let him do what? Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow after me. All Peter was doing is what natural men do. He said, Jesus, you don't have to go through that. You didn't do anything to deserve it. You don't have to go through the hardship and the hard aches of life. Apple trees don't produce good apples if they've never been through a little windstorm in a winter in the hot of summer. Had to go through a few things. If we keep following after Jesus, we're going to have to go through it. Little Matty Walker's going to have to go through some things in life. Amen. Some disappointments. I know. You see them balloons? She's going to have to go through those. As hard as it's going to be for Boo and for Brandon and for Janet and Greg and for us to watch her and Cypress and, and these other little ones go through things in life. But you know, I think back on my story. Hey, my dad loved my brothers and I. He did the best that he could with what he had and what he knew. And he planted in us. He invested in us. He spent time with us. He took up a lot of time with us. He never taught me about Jesus. He never taught me one thing from the Word of God. Nothing. Now, he taught me some principles, for an example, like what comes around, now, I don't think he understood that the Bible refers to those things as a man shall reap what he, what he sows. He didn't, he, he didn't know that. But I want to tell you, he poured his life, what he did know, he poured his life into me and to my brothers. And what the enemy was attempting to use for evil to send me down a wrong path, you know what? All that time, God meant it for good. Come on. God meant it for good. He meant it for good. And he brought me into the kingdom when he was ready to bring me into the kingdom. He began to put his seed in me when he was ready to put his seed in me. And, and, and that changed my entire perspective on everything in life. But as I look back on it, some of the things that I did and some of the places that I went and some of the things Stephanie and I did together 
all that was a product of just us living out of our flesh for ourselves with the wrong seed and what the enemy meant for harm and all that, God's turned it out for the good. Amen. Turned it out for the good. And we can't help but give him praise for it today. Amen. Fruit sure is good. But the seed rarely ever tastes like the fruit. Remember that, young mamas. When you're looking at empty nesters and you're looking at mamas who have gotten out of the stage where they're up all night long, enjoy the seasons you're in, mom and daddy. Amen? Enjoy the seasons you're in. Them seasons go quick, don't they, Tammy? <laughs> Teenage years, I'm paying. Good night. Josh and Kate, y'all getting close. They coming. But you don't have to expect the worst. Anticipate the best. So the right seed today, down the road, the harvest of good fruit is going to manifest. Try not to compare yourselves with other people. Everybody's going through different things or in different places of their life. But you could rest assured, good seed and good soil returns a good product. Amen. In this old world we live in, weeds, you don't have to do anything for it. They're going to grow. Just part of the curse, part of the fall. But if you want a good harvest, good fruit, you have to be intentional. You have to labor. You got to sweat. You have to. Because remember, the seed goes back to, God says, all that's going to be a reminder of a fall in His mercy that we need it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank You today. We thank You that You are still planting seed in our heart. And we're all still going through things, but we want to go through it to Your glory. So help us. Help us this week. As we sow into these little ones and as we sow into our neighbors and those that we work with and the places that we go. That would be those instruments that you use to have an effect upon the, the groupies that are following the group as we bring light to them. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I surrender all. What? You want to come up here? Oh, come on, come on. Look. What is all that up there? Look. Oh, you want to see it again? All right, no services this uh, afternoon. We will gather up tomorrow. You want that back? Um, what time we gather tomorrow? What time you need everybody here? Kate? So 12.30 to 12.45 to get set up and ready for uh, the kids to get here. And uh, everybody's going to be patient with one another and have fun. And all God's people said, girl, you want to get down? All righty. Well, y'all have a great Father's Day. We love y'all. 
I pray you have a grand time getting to celebrate with your family. Anybody going anywhere, doing anything? I know. I see it. All right. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you for these men, their families, their leadership, their love. We pray that you help us, that we would be better husbands and better dads, that you would grow us, that you would continue to plant the good seed in, in, in the hearts that you have prepared uh, for that to receive and to return unto you a, a good harvest. And we just thank you for your kindness toward us and your love over us. ask you to use us to be a difference maker in our everyday, ordinary ways, but doing it extraordinarily through your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.